namaskaram nagaraj ji very very happy to be seeing such a, a learned experienced uh, very good human being first of all namaste oh, oh, oh. thank you very much for that compliment uh, i am same here uh, i am excited to uh, talk to you uh, one of the highly learned uh, i would use the word english pravachanakara in india uh we have many pravachanakaras in india uh, uh, but uh, most of them do it in regional languages like hindi uh, gujarati marathi or kannada tamil telugu but uh, very few are there uh, who can do it in english uh, and dushan uh, sridhar ji in my opinion is the english suta uh, for this generation uh english speaking suta and uh, english speaking shuka also uh shuka for parikshit uh vaishampayana for janame jaya uh and suta for all the shaunakadi munis uh thank you for uh, uh, such blessings from a learned person i'm very thankful to you sir Uh, yeah so and uh, we have a word called pauranika uh, correct uh, used for uh, uh, ugrashravasa uh, who was also called as suta mm, and uh, we had this word pauranika uh, being used for a very very long time as mm. recently as in the 11th century ad Uh, in telugu literature the first uh, uh, kavya written in telugu literature mahabharata by nanaya in the introduction to it in the avatarika to it he mentions uh, he describes the court of vidyavilasa goshti of rajaraja narendra and he describes who all were sitting in the uh, goshti and one of the <coughs> categories he mentions is pauranika he says uh, uh and uh, okay. very interestingly he uses the word bharata ramayana dyaneka purana pravinu laina pauranikulunu he says what is interesting in that is that uh, bharata and ramayana are listed as puranas uh whereas uh, traditionally bharata is considered to be itihasa and ramayana is considered to be itihasa and uh, they are not listed among puranas either in mahapuranas or upapuranas but uh, this mm. record this documentation shows that uh, and it is done by rajashekhar also in kavya mimamsa rajashekhar also considers bharata and ramayana to be uh, puranas only uh, and here he says bharata ramayana dyaneka purana pravinu laina pauranikulu so this uh, profession of uh, pauranika uh, gradually people lost touch with uh, and uh, for this generation probably uh, uh, vishnu the sthitikara thought he needed an avatar in the form of dushyant sridhar uh, through dushyant sridhar he wanted to speak uh, create an english speaking pauranika uh, so that uh, definitely is a great addition for this generation can you please uh, give us a brief of how uh, all this happened how uh, an english speaking pauranika dushyant sridhar emerged uh, sure sir 
um, for example, uh, I come from a very uh, 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 unconventional family background when you consider most of the Upanyasakas or Pravachanakartas because uh, I'm the only son to my parents and uh, my father studied in St. Joseph's in Bangalore. My mother studied uh, in another very good college in Bangalore, uh, Acharya Patishala. And then uh, uh, both of them, uh, as far as I remember, my mother used to be listening to Harry Belafonte and uh, Abba and those kind of Beatles music while uh, I used to remember. And uh, my uh, father was sporting a mustache. So uh, in the conventional or the orthodox parlance, uh, uh, to, to think of an Upanyasakarta or a Pauranika's father sporting a mustache is uh, not very, uh, I, I would not say it's a good, right or wrong. It's not very traditional. Uh, so I come from such a tradi uh, unconventional background. Of course, they were very good human beings. They are pious people. They go to temples, but they are nowhere uh, their hands can reach, can actually go to uh, Puranas and Itihasas. So uh, all that I have kind of learned or imbibed is because of twofold. One, because of the immense grace of the people who have taught to me, all my Acharyas, uh, be it uh, Naval Pakam, Ramanujatatachar Swami, NSR Swami, uh, he was the Padma Bhushan awardee and Mahamahopadhyaya. Then Srivat Sangachar Swami, who was a Mahamahopadhyaya, the erstwhile principal of uh, Midra Sanskrit College. Karunakar Achar Swami, who is uh, Sri Bhashya Simhasanam, Saranath Achar Swami, uh, Saumina Rayana Achar Swami, and of course the 45th pontiff of Sri Ahobalamat. So all of these Acharyas were towering personalities in their very own respect and very, very orthodox and stuck to the scriptures as much as possible. So it's their complete benevolence and grace that they, they show, showered on somebody who's coming from an unconventional background. So I didn't have a shikha then. Now I have a shikha, but I still have a crop. Uh, so uh, uh, it, it is completely their grace one. And second thing, sir, uh, 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 to speak, of course, your question was, how did this English pravachanam comes into, come into picture? See, uh, uh, my understanding is, sir, uh, uh, generally in the Vedic parlance, we treat most of the foreign languages as Mlecha Bhasha. Uh, uh, we say that uh, English is a Mlecha Bhasha, so is Greek and Latin. It, it, that was a thought. We are not ridiculing it. And in fact, in uh, all the Yajna Karmas, if you, uh, you will be completely aware, sir. So if somebody speaks uh, in the telephone, suppose the Purohit speaks in the telephone or he speaks in a language which is beyond Samskritam, then there is a pariharam for that. He has to say Trivikrama uh, Rik uh, uh, from Yajurvedam and then he has to begin. So we have considered languages so much untouchable that uh, uh, we had to come up with a lot of uh, parihara mantras for that, prize chitta mantras. But in my understanding, sir, we have also had acharyas like Adi Shankara, Ramanuja, Vedanta Deshika, Madhvacharya, who largely dealt with uh, Samskritam as a language. But if you take up uh, Vedanta Deshika, for instance, he has dealt with Tamil also. So he has written works in Tamil. He has written a work in Prakritam and he has written in a combination of Tamil and Sanskrit called Manipravadam. So the reason why they came up with such languages was Vedanta Deshika himself states in 13th century. Bhasha Giti Prashasta Bhagavati Vachanat Charat. So he quotes from Matsya Puranam and writes it. He says, if I have to praise the king of kings, it doesn't matter in which language I praise. How I praise is more important. So likewise today, my thought is, or my uh, humble feeling is, 
we have a very very rich vedic civilization our ram one ramayana is enough for us to engage us for the entire life imagine we study ramayana mahabharata the puranas the dharma shastras and of course the vedanta and if if the larger audience of this day including people in india and abroad may largely associate themselves with english as a better language then why not use this language to come up with pravachanams of course i do at least 80% of my lectures in tamil sir which is my mother tongue uh, yeah. and i have tried one or two in kannada as well because i was born and raised in bangalore and i have tried two in hindi so though i have tried in hindi and kannada my mother tongue is much more easier for me and of course english is a language because i was brought up in a convent and then regular school and so english is a language that i have been uh, using all along my corporate life as well so my humble thought is we should use english as a language we should not think britishers gave it robert clive gave it not all of that it is a language as simple as that my uh, i even exaggerate to this extent sir to saying that if adi shankara or ramanuja or deshika had lived today they would have written a book in english as well because for them reaching out to the masses is more important than sticking to a language absolutely absolutely actually the entire purana samhita if you uh, observe the pitika of uh, any purana mahapurana rupa purana uh, the idea presented is that it was it is all done to make easy the purport of the vedas correct uh, so and that was done for the masses correct and whatever Uh, is the language uh, which is convenient for the masses is uh, to be used is the essence of that message correct That's sir that's why actually the regional language versions of all the uh, puranas were uh, created with that spirit only and every author of the regional language uh, version of the puranas uh, mentioned the that point that uh, the purpose of uh, vyasa bhagavan in creating uh, the made easy version of the purport of the vedas is mm. being served by our regional language version and they the uh, one of the languages that is understood by uh, the english educated masses of india is english so there is absolutely nothing uh, to be pointed at uh, in your using of english uh, that actually it was an adoration uh, for you that uh, that uh, someone has come someone is able to do it uh, at that scale actually your size of your audience usually is very high uh, even when you uh, speak in english uh, there is a very big audience and uh, what is your observation about this uh, con- contemporary youth and their reception of your uh, rendering of puranas uh, or uh, lectures on purana Uh, sure sir uh, when we deal with uh, my audience there are two sets of audience one who listen to my tamil upanyasams so they are very comfortable with the language because they speak the language they largely understand the language and they have been listening to stalwarts like anantarama dikshitar uh, balakrishna shastri so they were all like stalwarts in this field so that that tradition of listening is continuing so with my tamil audience i don't find a huge a change in the trend but rightly put when you speak about english audience sir uh, uh um, i kind of uh, started my youtube channel uh in the year 2012 and uh, in the youtube channel i uh, kind of vowed to myself i took a pledge 
whichever lecture i give be it in english or tamil wherever be it in india or abroad i will record the video and i will upload it for free in youtube i'm not talking about the covid era now everybody east west right south is putting it on youtube but i'm talking about 2012 so uh, my thought was if we don't make content free because valmiki and vyasa have made content free for us they have never used a copyright so if i make uh, only keep making money out of this it may not be the right way so i have i started putting it on youtube now what happens is youtube to the person who has registered for me gives me analytics so every month it will tell every week it will tell who has listened what is the age group what is the gender what is the average retention time so my generally my lectures are between 2 and 1/2 hours or 3 hours at a stretch no interval so 3 hours every lecture is so uh, uh, it gives me the average retention time now what i have noticed in the last 8 years from youtube is there is a very very high in, uh, increase in the 18 to 40 age group who are listening to me so initially it was 6% then 10% now i have close to 45% of the audience who are less than 40 who are listening and uh, there, there is no gender disparity both male and female are kind of equal there and the average retention time sir today we say that the concentration span of the younger generation is not very high so from 12 minutes it has increased to 23 minutes now so in my uh, opinion from the uh, virtual world there is a very good uh, increase when we come to the live discourses uh, english discourses what initially used to happen is the uh, the the, uh, the younger audience used to feel a bit awkward to come to live lectures they used to feel there only elderly people will be seated retired people will be seated people with gray hair will be seated what will me in a palazzo or a beautiful three fourths or a capri come and do there will this person do justice to it one second they also thought if there is a pravachana karta who is speaking on ramayana he must have come to this field because he must have flunked in academics so he must have got at least four or five arrears and uh, he he would have landed up job nowhere else so he has chosen pravachanam so first they must have had a thought about the peer audience and they had an opinion about the speaker as well so what i started doing was from 2012 13 when i started actively giving english lectures whenever and wherever required and relevant i will also introduce science and maths in my lectures sir. so for example uh, if there is rahu and ketu the talk about rahu and ketu i'll bring up the 6th century mathematician called lalla who had an opinion about uh, rahu and ketu so if i talk about uh, 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 vedanta deshika i bring in the chaturanga turanga bandham the movement of a knight on a empty chess board so he oh. came up with that so when i come up with these topics the youngsters get startled then they realize oh this person must have not had arrears in his school so he has come out of his own choice so slowly people started coming and then they started feeling there's nothing wrong in coming to live lectures so the trend in my english audience has kind of bettered in these last years because people don't have they're slightly getting away with the doing away with the inhibitions to come to a live lectures so oh, that's yeah. the trend that i see yeah, yeah excellent excellent so uh, you already brought the point which i was about to ask you the kind of uh, uh, methods of validation and the uh, method of argument that the younger generation needs nowadays is way different from the kind of uh, argument and uh, method of validation that the uh, old 
older generation senior generation accepts True, for sir. example if you tell the senior generation that uh, it is in such and such veda mantra uh, that uh, the uh, this portion of purana is getting validated it is enough for them but the younger generation says what if it is there in the uh, veda mantra but how it is convincing to me uh, how it is convincing to me as a person rationally thinking about these things Correct, so how are, how are you able to face this kind of uh, expectations from the contemporary audience uh sir uh, when i used to study under my acharyas whoever taught me sir i was actually a kind of a, a questioning student only so i used to ask them questions Absolutely. which pro- probably none of their other students in the past would have asked their other students would have asked but the questions that i asked kind of even startled some of my gurus so my uh, aim was not to put them into a corner or uh, show them their space or show them the mirror my point was these were the questions running in my mind so to a lot of these questions they answered to some of these questions my experience in the last 8 years my life experience has given me the answer and to some questions i don't have answers so i don't have a problem so i don't expect uh, all my questions to be answered in a convincing fashion in that minute i don't believe in that questions will be answered over a period of time to get convinced or not is my uh, problem when i come to my audience sir, for example uh, i remember taking about uh, 120 people to cambodia i take people on heritage tours so two years back while i was taking them to cambodia uh, there was a, a couple with a child so we generally don't encourage many very very young children coming because they will not be able to take the strain for at a stretch of 8 days or 10 days physical strain but uh, the parents said my child is very interested don't worry my child will not give a problem so we brought uh, the child as well so we were seated in uh, siam reap airport in cambodia so our flight was delayed by some 3 hours so the parents came up to me and said see my uh, child is troubling me a lot why don't you please engage the child with some story it will be grateful uh, the child will listen patiently all these days i was doing only stories so i didn't have a problem i called the child and i asked which god do you like the child said i like uh, ganesha so i said okay i'll tell you the story of ganesha and i told about how uh, he was guarding uh, parvati's uh, chamber uh, shuddhatma and then lord uh, shiva came and then uh, he had to behead ganesha that time he was not ganesha he would have been the son of parvati parvati putra his head was beheaded then the very minute the child asked okay so he was beheaded what happened next then i said it was advised that lord vishnu bring the head of an elephant to uh, fix it on the body of this boy immediately the child asked if a head has to be fixed why can't we fix the fallen head why should i go for an elephant's head so if i have to fix a head why can't i fix the fallen head of the child why will i go bring the head of an elephant i immediately didn't have an answer for that sir one now uh, uh, while i was explaining uh, mahabharata to an audience uh, in the us i was talking about draupadi vastra apaharanam so she was in her menstruation so ekavastra rajaswala so she was brought to the court by dushasana and then she was uh, disrobed then she vows that i shall not tie this open hair until dushasana is killed and bhima promises immediately that i will tear open his chest i will get the oozing blood and smear it on your hair and then you can do it 
Bhattanarayana puts it very beautifully in Veni Samharam also. Now, while I was explaining all of this, one lady came up to me and said, see, you say that ladies should tie up their hairs when they do auspicious events. I said, yes, most of our ancestors followed that. Then she continued, if auspicious events, ladies have to tie their hair. Uh, Pancha Pandavas, they were headed by Yudhishthira, who was an Agnihotri. Second, he would have performed Shraddham for his father once in a year because Pandu was dead by then. So in the 12 years of Vanavasam and one Ekavarsham of Agnyatavasam, he would have performed his Nitya Karma and whatever uh, Karma has been ordained in the Shastram. For all this, be it Agnihotram or be it for Shraddham, the wife has to stand with him. Now, if Draupadi's hair is open, how did Yudhishthira allow her to sit next to him? They asked. Now, I had to tell them, no, she vowed that she will not tie her hair. They said, that means every woman will take revenge on somebody and can open their hair. So, such kind of questions, uh, uh, to me, I won't have an answer immediately, sir. So, it takes little time for me to come up with an answer. Or at times, I even tell the audience, see, your question is right. I absolutely respect your freedom of questioning. I don't have an answer to it. Accept that. And the audience are very gracious. They say, okay, if you don't have an answer, it's okay. Uh, instead of trying to cover it up, stating that uh, if you ask such questions, you will go to Rau, uh, Asita Patravanam or uh, Kumbhi Pakam. <laughs> so uh, we should give them the freedom. And they, I feel if we tell them, sir, the audience today are very smart. They, they have the attitude to say that, okay, the speaker doesn't know the answer. It's okay. So what? Yeah. So I see we are not ultimately it's called a Vyasa Pita. I agree, but we are not Vyasas. That is sincerity and audience appreciate the sincerity. Yes, sir. honesty on the part of the speaker. Do you notice this kind of uh, tendency in the Tamil audience also, or do you see it only in the English uh, audience? Uh, sir, um, uh, while we speak of uh, the English audience, it's actually, uh, to me, when I speak of English audience, sir, it's very, very different from the English audience who attend a vocal Carnatic or an instrumental concert. If you take up a flautist or a Vena artist who go abroad to Germany, France, Finland, the foreigners come sit and listen and enjoy the music. For them, it's only music. But since I'm a speaker, I'm put under the uh, quotations called religious speaker. So what happens is even if I, I have traveled to 22 countries besides India. So wherever I go, I get only the Indian diaspora. So very, very rarely, I can give you one or two instances in my entire career where I've seen one or two Americans or one German. That's all. Everybody's Indian audience. So the English audience that I speak of is nothing but the same Tamil and Telugu and uh, Kannada and Hindi and Marwari and Gujarati audience uh, coming in a different art. So I don't uh, see a difference in the landscape of my audience, but uh, the same Tamil audience don't mind listening to my English lectures as well, because they feel uh, when they listen to the English lectures and they are convinced of it, they share the same link with their children and grandchildren. So they say, see, you don't understand core Tamil lectures. Now listen to this English lecture. So the, the elderly people become my ambassadors for their children and grandchildren. So they say, why don't you listen to this? So uh, I would not see a very big difference between my Tamil and the English audience. Of course, uh, uh, the English audience uh, um, have a lot more questions than the traditional Tamil audience. Questioning wise, English audience, they have more questions. Oh, great. Uh, what is the uh, landscape of uh, the Puranas uh, that you have covered uh, uh, through your 
life so far how many puranas uh, have been covered and uh, how many new puranas how many not so much covered puranas have you covered and what is the range of the content that you have covered uh so uh, put together my english and tamil lectures more or less the topics will quite range the same so uh, in the veda bhagam i have covered uh, purusha suktam shri suktam narayana suktam the pancha suktas that we know i have covered them both in english and in tamil with the commentary of because purusha suktam is found especially not in its entirety uh to a large extent most of the mantras out of the 16 so today most of us follow the uh, krishna yajurvedam's uh, purusha suktam otherwise uh, if it's there in rigvedam it is there in shukla yajurvedam it is there in samavedam and atharvana vedam both the uh, samhitas so uh, uh, i cover the commentaries of sayanacharya bhattabaskara um then uh, uh, mahidhara uvatacharya rangaramanujamuni so i cover them so the panchasuktams that i've covered in veda bhagam i have given one lecture once on shri rudram so uh, i have given it on shri rudram then when we come to vedanta bhagam i have not taken exclusively any upanishad as of now sir i have given a lot of quotations in my regular lectures but i have not taken any upanishad exclusively coming to ramayana i have uh, given at least uh, just about 800 to 1000 lectures only on ramayana uh, uh and uh, i largely stick only to valmiki's ramayana because that's the moola grantham adikavyam and i uh, quote largely from govindaraja's bhushana vyakhyana and i also uh, use tilaka maheshwara teertha uh, uh, then and there besides this original ramayana of valmiki i also have given a few lectures on raghuvamsham of kalidasa uh, then i use kamba ramayanam in tamil uh, and then tyagaraja ramayanam from his telugu kirtanas um, so this is with respect to ramayana when we come to mahabharata i uh, have given about uh, say roughly 120 lectures based on uh, mahabharata especially uh, adi parva sabha parva vana parva virata parva and exclusively on yaksha prashna so i have given then i have covered uh, vishnu sahasranama which is again an integral part of mahabharatam with three vyakhyanas of adi shankara parashara bhatta's uh, bhagavad guna darpanam and the madhva bhashyam uh, in the madhva sampradaya in uttaradi matham we had uh, bhashyam so based on these and especially parashara bhatta's visishtadvaita bhashyam i have covered the entire vishnu sahasranamam for about 180 hours in a span of 3 uh, three years i've covered the entire thing then coming to purana sir of course the very world famous very revered is uh, shrimad bhagavata mahapuranam i would have given at least uh, 20 to 25 saptahams uh, together and uh, in bhagavatam i uh, use references of veeraraghaviyam which is one commentary and then i also refer to some commentaries of shridhara swamin and some uh, uh, some quotes from the gaudiya sampradayam because for gaudiya vaishnavas bhagavatam is their life so i use some quotations from that uh, in bhagavatam as a subset i cover two works sir one is shriman narayaniyam which is a condensed work of bhagavatam by narayana bhat three of the 16th century in kerala so i quote immensely from narayaniyam and i have covered narayaniyam itself uh, out of 100 dashakams 1034 shlokas i have covered uh, roughly say 94 dashakams so that is close to 170 hours in a span of 3 uh, uh, years 
So then I use another Kavya Ratnam. It's called Yadavabhyudayam of Swami Vedanta Deshika, a, a, a poem of 2,600 verses on Krishna Charitram, which has the commentary of Appai Dikshita. So Vedanta Deshika was a Visishtadvaiti scholar. Appai Dikshita was an Advaiti scholar. So they were so good friends that one comments on the other. So it is such a beautiful work. I use that. Coming to the other Puranas, I have given on Sri Vishnu Puranam of Parashara Maharishi with the commentary of uh, Vishnu Chittiyam. So that's the commentary I've used. I have briefly dealt with the Charama Shlokam present in Varaha Puranam with the commentary of Vedanta Deshika called Rahasya Shikamani. I have briefly given uh, instances from Skanda Puranam. I would have quoted, but I would have not taken that as a subject. Instances from Skanda Puranam, Padma Puranam, then uh, Garuda Puranam, then Markandeya Puranam. I would have given instances, but I have not taken any other Purana exclusively, sir. Uh, uh, I have so many Puranas at home, but uh, our civilization is so vast, sir, that uh, uh, honestly, like a primitive mortal for me, it, it will take at least another hundred births to actually get into the depths. Nevertheless, besides this, uh, you will be very aware in the Tamil tradition, we revere the Alvars as well. So oh. the Alvars have given us the Nalaira Divya Prabandham, the set of 4,000 Pasurams in chaste Tamil filled with devotion. So they were the pioneers in history for the Bhakti movement between the 5th and the 7th centuries. So I have given a lot of discourses on uh, um, uh, the works of Alvars as well. And especially, sir, uh, to make a mention uh, to you, uh, I have immense regard for Amukta Malyada. And uh, uh, my house that I live in Bangalore, we have called the house as Amukta Malyada. So, uh, and uh, whenever I take uh, yatris on uh, yatra to the Divideshams in Andhra and Telangana, I make sure I take them to Kakulandra Vishnu temple. Uh, because that was the place uh, he mentions, Krishna Devaraya mentions. And Amukta Malyada, I'm in love with the language and I'm in love with the way he has presented Andal's life and Periyarvar's life with such love. So even in my Tamil lectures, when I collaborate with musicians to make it a Harikatha, I request and ensure that we sing verses of Amukta Malyada. So uh, that shows of, uh, because Bharadiyar, the Tamil poet says, Sundara Telinginil Partisaitu. He tells in Tamil that uh, Telugu is such a beautiful language. So I think this kind of mutual adoration that we should have for Indian languages will help our languages prosper. Oh, oh. And this, uh, there are occasions uh, throughout the year where they uh, request for a particular topic to be covered. For example, uh, during Dhanur Masam, they ask for Tarupavai. Correct, and uh, during uh, rainy season, if there is a drought, the people ask for Virata Parvam uh, and all such. Uh, Correct, things. sir. So, uh, were you uh, doing this Tiruppavai Pravachanams also? Or? Sure, sir. Uh, from the year 2011 till year, I haven't missed a year on Tiruppavai. So, I do it in TV channels and I also do it in live stages. So, I must have given at least uh, roughly 400 lectures just on Tiruppavai. Just on Tiruppavai. So this year also I'm doing it in collaboration with somebody in the U.S. So um, uh, Tirupavai is like, uh, because Andal is the only lady saint in the Alvar, sir. All others are men. So uh, our Acharyas have commented that uh, she is the uh, most pampered child of the entire Alvar. So all of them love her so much. So uh, inadvertently, even if 
uh, a general uh, Vaishnava doesn't know the remaining 3,970 Pasurams, they will surely know uh, Andal Stirupave because the work is so close to one's heart. Just not in Dhanurmasam, as rightly you said, even on the other days, Tirupave has been given such adoration. So Tirupave I have handled. Uh, I have also handled Tirupallanda. I have handled uh, Tiruvayamuri. I have handled uh, Munivahana Bhogam, which is a commentary on Tirupanarvar's work by Vedanta Deshika. So I've covered these topics. Oh, yeah. Okay. So that, that's really, uh, Munivana Bhogam is a really historical uh, thing uh, for Vedanta Deshika Acharya to have covered such a book uh, by Tirupana. Uh, it, it speaks so much about our inclusionist approach uh, in True, tradition uh, and all that. So this uh, Dravida uh, Prabandham and uh, Dravida Vedam uh, and uh, the Puranas, uh, what do you see the reception-wise difference among the audience? Uh, do they uh, like the Dravida Vedam and Dravida Prabandham kind of things or uh, the Sanskrit Puranas the more? Uh, actually, when I uh, present these Tamil works, largely I do it only to the Tamil audience. I have quoted many of these uh, Tamil Pasurams in my English lectures as well, but I have not taken an exclusive lecture on Tirupava in English because uh, people uh, who speak Tamil and e there are many Vaishnavas in the Andhra country and the Karnataka country as well. So you must have heard of Hibba Rayangars, Mandya Mayangars. So they also speak a broken Tamil. Uh, for example, if you come across Chitur district, they don't speak speak pure uh, Telugu, they will, that will be, there'll be some mix. Likewise, if you go to Palakkad in Kerala, they don't speak Malayalam. They speak a mix of Tamil and Malayalam. So you will have Vaishnavas who speak a concocted uh, Tamil as well. But even to them, when I speak on the uh, works of Arvars, they actually get very emotional, sir. More than relating to it, they get very emotional. Because uh, in my analysis, what I found is the uh, we believe that the quintessence of Vedas and Vedanta was put forth by the Alvars in Tamil Prabandham. There's no doubt. Vedam, Tamil, Shaidam, Aran. Because Vedanta Deshika tells that each of these Pasurams is like the Rig Vedam, Yajur Vedam. He equates that in Dramido Upanishad, Tatparya Ratnavali. It's a beautiful work by Vedanta Deshika where he has presented how every Pasuram speaks about Vedam. So there's no doubt. But when Alvars present the quintessence, they add a lot of devotion to it. So Namarvar says, oh, you are the one who is uh, pervaded everywhere. So Vyapakatvam. So then he says that you are the one who's adept, Sarva Shaktitvam. So then he says, you know everything, Sarva, uh, uh, so he's the Jnata, Sarva, uh, so Sarva Jnatvam. And then he says, I miss you a lot. So this I miss you a lot adds the devotion, sir. So uh, Vedam tells Ajayamano, Bahudha Vijayate, uh, everything great about the Lord. But when you move towards the Arvas, it is greatness as well as a lot of humility, sir. So they say that uh, to praise such a Lord, who am I? What am I? So the moment I say such lines, forget the audience, even I feel a lot emotional because what kind of devotion they had, despite their social backgrounds. Because in Arvars, except maybe Periyarvar, Madhura Kaviyarvar and Tundaradipudi Arvar, the remaining were all people from the non-Brahmin caste. So they were not Brahmins. So if they have to say that devotion, we, we should see what kind of devotion we had across Varnashramas. So it was not restricted only to the Brahmana Varna. It was across Varnas. And that makes me and the audience also very emotional, sir. 
There's one interesting question I found from some Western uh, academia uh, about bhakti. The, uh, there was one uh, Australian uh, eco village created by Gaudiya Vaishnavas. It's Kanvi. And uh, this uh, Indologist was mentioning that and he was saying, how can they call their village as Vedic village? Uh, bhakti is not Vedic. Uh, bhakti is not there in the Vedas, original Vedas. Uh, what's your reaction to that? Um, so, for example, uh, they may at at a very preliminary phase, their argument may seem right, because if they give the word bhakti and I uh, put uh, Rigveda, Yajurveda, Samaveda, Atharvanaveda on my computer and I put Control F and start searching, I will not get the word bhakti there. So, bhakti is an evolved concept. So it's an evolved concept, but bhakti is present in, in hidden layers. It is present between lines. For example, let us take this uh, verse from Vedam, sir. Nityo nityanam chetanas chetananam eko bahunam sa vidadati kaman tells uh, Upanishad. So my Acharya used to state, keep the uh, lingam separate. So you keep all the singular one side, plural one side. Nityo nityanam chetanas chetananam take nitya chetana. And on the other side, Nityanam Chetananam. So what they say is to the many Chetanas, which are eternal, there is one super eternal person who is the Paramatma. So there is a relationship between the Paramatma and the Jivatma. What is that relationship? That is where we evolve into Pranavam. We say that there is a Aya Shabdam, there is a Lukta Chaturthi there, which tells that it is connected. So Akarartho, Vishnu, Jagadudaya, Raksha, Pralekritu tells Parasharabhatta. So in my uh, a knowledge to say that the concept of bhakti is absent in the Vedas and Vedanta is absolutely falsehood. It is present, but it is in uh, like how they say prachannam. It is it is hidden. Latent heat we call it in physics. It is hidden somewhere. But what happened? The, our acharyas, arvars, and all the saints they extracted uh, the Vedam. Like how uh, Vedanta Deshika tells, Lord is like a sugar cane. Prapad so all our acharyas have squeezed the Vedas and the extract which has emerged as bhakti has been put into the later literature. So to say that bhakti as a concept is absent in the Vedas and Vedantas is wrong. But to say that it is slightly hidden and not very, very open may be true. But one thing that we need to understand is, sir, for example, when we speak of Ramayana, we say Veda Vedya Parepumsi Jate Dasharathatmaje Veda Prachetha Sadasid. So if Vedas took an incarnation, it was the incarnation of Ramayana. When we talk of Bharatam, we say Bharata Panchamo Vedaha. When we talk of Bhagavatam, we say Nigama Kalpataroho Galitam Phalam. So be it Bhagavatam, Vishnu Puranam, Mahabharatam or Ramayana, which are the seeable branches, leaves, fruits of the tree. Just because I see only Ramayana, Bhagavatam, Bharatam, I cannot say that the roots are absent. So the roots are Vedas and Vedantas, which are not visible to our eye. But all these things which are visible to our eye, the Upabrahmanam, have come from Vedas. If there is no Veda, there is no Ramayana and Mahabharatam. So Bhakti as a concept has evolved from Vedam and Vedantam. To say it is absent, uh, maybe uh, superficially good, but when you do research, you cannot say that. Absolutely, absolutely. The other point is that uh, we look at all the mantras as a stuti and a stuti uh, obviously is a bhakti uh, activity. And uh, if uh, the uh, devata of a mantra 
uh, is uh, the vishaya of the mantra and that uh, you are adoring that vishaya through the stotra and uh, if you see the style of the mantra there is such an intense emotion in that which is uh, very similar to the bhakti literature correct sir uh, in that correct. so uh, all the stotras uh, to the various devatas are in that form and gradually what you, what we see in a uh, later chronology is that the yagna uh, for which the mimamsa says the uh, stuti is indirectly instructing the yagna uh, you see that vrata is replacing that uh, vrata is replacing yagna uh, so uh, and vrata uh, is in the form of tatakodhara vrksharopana uh, all kinds of ratas and ratas meant specially for women particularly for women and ratas open for all the communities of the society so i think uh, the ritualistic side of uh, the uh, veda uh, which was in the form of yagnas also continued in the form of uh, the rituals of the bhakti tradition uh, in the form of ratas uh, and pujas and uh, all that so we uh, i think uh, you are absolutely right in saying that uh, the word bhakti if you look for the word bhakti it may not be there but uh, the uh, phenomenon of bhakti the actual entity of bhakti uh, is there in the veda mantras True, and sir. in the rituals uh, yagna is also a kind of a bhakti only it is uh, 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 though i mean strict mimamsaka may not agree Uh, but actually because yagna is a kind of vrata only vrata is a kind of yagna only there are two different kinds of uh, two sides of the same coin correct sir now for example uh, to just add uh, to the information that you've given for example the word bhakti has been construed in two ways let's see uh, uh, for example if we take up shrimad bhagavata mahapuranam saptamaskandam where uh, prahlada tells his father shravanam kirtanam vishnuho smaranam padasevanam archanam vandanam dasyam sakhyam atmanivedanam idi pumsarpitar vishnor bhaktischa navalakshana he tells my dear father these are the essential nine characteristics of devotion which is bhakti interestingly we have eight other characteristics mentioned in garuda purana now when bhashyakara shibhashyakara ramanuja deals in shibhashyam or gita bhashyam he deals with bhakti yoga there he does not equate this bhakti with bhakti yoga he tells bhakti yoga in its essential form is ashtanga yoga he tells that oh. karma yoga and gnana uh, yoga are the wheels of bhakti yoga which is the vehicle so you oh. need both the wheels uh, uh, there was a great uh, film composer in the tamil movie sir his name was kannadasan he used to say vandi voda chakkarangal irandu mattum vendum so if, if if there is a vehicle it needs two wheels so one is karma yoga and the other is gnana yoga but the vehicle is bhakti yoga put together and to ramanuja's very clear understanding bhakti yoga is essentially ashtanga yoga which develops matures into three stages para bhakti para gnana parama bhakti so this is what it is of course whatever the, we speak of uh, garlanding the god um, uh, kind of grinding the sandal paste sweeping the floor all this is very good service to the temple but in the brahma, uh, brahma vidya parlance this alone is not bhakti to sit in yamam niyamam 
ஆசனம் பிராணாயாமம் பிரத்யாகாரம் தாரணா தியானம் சமாதி தட் கப்பிள் வித் லவ் becomes bhakti yoga so uh, if the westerners or uh, the group of people uh, who had questions on the vedic village for them bhakti is just love that love anybody can have so my mother loves me i love my parents i love my daughter i love my wife that is a basic love but this is at a different stage what arvars and all our acharyas have experienced so this is coupled with ashtanga yoga so uh, uh, in my understanding they feel they feel that our understanding of bhakti is wrong because it's not vedic in my understanding their understanding of bhakti itself is wrong because bhakti is just not love it is more than love yes absolutely so on that basis uh, uh, considering dravida vedam as vedam is uh, absolutely justified because uh, what dravida vedam is doing is just giving a tamil version and bhakti version of the veda mantras only so Correct. it is not artificial the considering dravida vedam as vedam is not at all artificial uh, it is not concocted it ha- it is well founded in the vedic tradition itself uh, and uh, considering the, the the entire dravida prabandham and using them in the temples using uh, all the dravida vedam and uh, dravida prabandham literature in the temples for rituals is absolutely justified because uh, they, there is this connection the there is ekavakyata between the two uh, uh, is uh, what i see and uh, so you you to have agreed about that sure so uh, uh, before we wind up uh, what is your message to uh, the contemporary generation with regard to their approach to puranas uh, their usual question is how can i get them how can uh, where are they available uh, without even dushan sridhar ji coming and giving a pravachana if i have to do it on my own how do i approach this uh one let's deal with the works first so you brought in the picture of ramayana mahabharata the puranas so how will that be uh, relevant to the current generation so the younger generation is of course asking the pertinent question is it relatable to me can i relate to it so to relate to it in my opinion sir when we read up a ramayana mahabharata or any puranas we must give we must come with a very basic understanding that these are all kavyas they are all poetry so beat ramayana mahabharatam the puranas they are all poetry at time, mostly they will use anushtup chandas there could be malini mandakranta harini shikharini and so many other meters as well but when vyasa valmiki present to us it, they present to us as kavyam so kavyam has certain lakshanams so it can they can use similes they can exaggerate they can uh, they can always use metaphors they can pun they can use yamakam so these are all the lakshanams of kavyam if it is prose it's easy whereas when it is kavyam i have to exaggerate so if i say that the lady walked into the room that is prose if i say the lady with the gait of a hamsa walked into the room which was filled with air filled with the bubbles then it becomes poem so i am adding lot of elements to it so i would always request or suggest the younger generation when you read up ramayana and mahabharata see the storyline what dialogues they had do not get into the nitty gritties of rama described his wife as the one with the hamsa like gait see no husband will keep describing the wife day in and day out with the lady of hamsa like gait so it would have been a normal conversation between the husband and wife who's rama and sita but valmiki to entertain us he might have slightly 
pushed up the uh, exaggeration quotient and given it to us. So when we take Ramayana and Mahabharata for our reading, we have to be very intelligent enough to strip all the uh, kind of uh, exaggerated or fantasizing elements and take the uh, story alone. If we take if, if we take every word of the exaggeration to be true, then we will end up in being a Harry Potter's land. We will think it's some imaginary story. So that's one, sir. And second thing is, Valmiki and Vyasa have given us this work to also do a homework. So like how a teacher gives home assignment, they have not given everything clearly and blatantly. They have given hidden certain things between the lines. So it is very important for us if we develop little interest over these uh, on these scriptures to also refer to the commentaries, because uh, in my opinion, I could be wrong or I could be partially correct. In my opinion, Ramayana, Mahabharata and the Puranas are best understood with the Moolam and the Vyakhyanam. Because without the Vyakhyanam in certain portions, we will not be able to come to a conclusion what it is. So we have to necessarily commemorate the contribution of the commentators and the acharyas be it uh, the advaita siddhantam visishta advaita siddhantam advaita siddhantam and the commentaries so that is one and coming to the last part of your question you said okay let's if let's assume they don't listen to dushan shridhar's lectures which is highly possible sir because we are dealing with a population of 1.4 billion in our country which is four times four and a half times the population of us and uh, if we couple it along with the other Indians and the Indian diaspora living abroad, we are dealing close to 1.45 or 1.5 billion. And of these, let's take, though we are not uh, creating any disparity or any religious differences, let's assume that Hindus have more inclination to listen and read about uh, the Vedic scriptures. So roughly we are dealing with a 1 billion population. So worldwide, 1 billion Hindus are there. Now, for 1 billion people, which is uh, like 100 crores, to sit and listen to one Dushan Shri, that is not possible. I don't expect such things. But to believe that without listening, I will be able to read the scriptures is actually, uh, in a, we are living in a Lala land. I'll tell you why, sir. Because um, what Valmiki and Vyasa project for a novice reader, they may not be able to understand in certain instances. Only when a Pravachana Karta, be it in your local language, we have the greatest of the great, like Chaganti, Koteshwar Ragaru, Samavedam, Shanmukha Sharma, Garika Party, we have Velukudi Krishnan, Maya Acharya, Karunakara Acharya, Udit Chaitanya, Prabhanjana Acharya, Bannaji Govinda Acharya. We have plethora of scholars. So when they present, they will give the very beautiful description, which will be beyond what you have read in the book. So in my opinion, if a youngster of my generation or the future generations wants to understand the scriptures, one is reading, second reading with commentaries and third listening. If Shravanam is not there, sir, I, I personally feel you won't be able to gauge that scripture. So if reading was the only way left, Vaishampayana could have written it in manuscripts and given it to Janame Jaya. Uh, Shukabrahman could have written and given it to Parikshit. They did not do that. Interestingly, they made them sit and listen because uh, listening is very, very important. Sir, because yes. in, when you listen, you paint a beautiful canvas in front of your eyes. That's the best feeling you can get when you read the scriptures. Oh. And uh, inspired by uh, the Pravachanakara, probably they uh, can uh, go to the Vyakyanas because most of these Vyakyanas are not available in English. Mm. Uh, they probably could go learn Sanskrit. Now there is this Sanskrit Bharati movement. 
correct and sir there are so many resources uh, available to learn sanskrit correct and, sir uh, that is the first step and then they can go to the original vyakhyanam uh, sanskrit vyakhyanam itself and uh, then they can uh, through the vyakhyanam they can uh, uh, go to the original work uh, like ramayana or mahabharatam so uh probably the uh, pravachana has to be an inspiration point for sure. them to approach on their own uh, and uh, the amount of uh, guru shushrusha that uh, dushyant sridharshi has done with so many gurus it may not be possible for all these uh, people who probably are engaged in their own uh, careers in it and uh, other uh, fields so uh, the best thing is to be inspired by the pravachana kara and uh, then approach the books uh, if they are available on the internet or buy them and uh, read for themselves and then again come back to dushyant sridhar ji or chagant koteshwar garu or someone to uh, for consultation and uh, doubt clarification uh, all the particularly they have to approach the right guru uh, the, the way dushyant sridhar ji uh, has approached uh, all the right gurus and uh, the probably it is uh, on our part to guide them to uh, the shastriya gurus like uh, manidravid shastrigal or krishnamurti shastrigal or krishnamurti shastrigal all these uh, traditional gurus uh, uh, they have to be told about them that uh, such uh, uh, shastriya gurus are there you have to go to shastra gurus uh, and they are the ones who guide you properly to uh, these books uh, so something has to be done uh, i think we at indic academy uh, we are trying to uh, connect these people uh, the modern audience uh, modern universities with the gurukulas uh, with the shastriya gurus and all that we have to evolve uh, all possible methods to connect these two systems and uh, provide them the ability to become uh, new dushyant sridhars on their own uh, that is yeah that is we we have a plethora of uh, guiding scholars sir. for example yourself you have come in a vamsham where your father your grandfather were completely devoted to the civilization so you have come in that vamsham for example we have uh, krishnamurti shastrigal son you you will know he works with iit pawai yeah. so so he he is a great scholar sir there is no uh, dearth for scholars but what happens is sir uh, the youngsters may not be even aware that such scholars exist so uh, and they they a lot of them will have the inhibition are what am i how can i approach that man that man must be very traditional will he accept me so we should say that such scholars come with lot of humility as well so i'm sure the people whom we have spoken about they are so humble for example uh, krishnamurti shastrigal mama he has lived during the times of kanchi paramacharya and he is such a great scholar he has he has sat uh, in my discourses twice completely at this age twice fully two and a half hours uh, an old person not moving away from his place speaks about the magnanimity with which they come so i feel yes sir this in, uh, of course indic academy is doing a wonderful job probably we should link up the youngsters to the traditional scholars so that they don't feel the disparity they should feel that well he is my friend i can learn from him that kind of a approach if it comes sir i think a lot of it will become a movement like how we had this green revolution milk revolution we will have even vedic revolution yes 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 so that with that uh, wonderful word vedic revolution uh, i think uh, 
uh, we can take leave of uh, the contemporary uh, polyglot uh, uh, scholar uh, Pauranika, the contemporary Ugrashravasa, uh, and Dushyant uh, Sridhar Garu. Uh, thank you so much, sir. Namaskar. Thank you, thank you so much, sir. Namaste.